It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jockey with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. Guess what day it is, Reds fans. That's right, it's Wednesday, and you're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's episode. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host for your only daily podcast about the Cincinnati Reds. That's right, you will not hear any talk about that other professional sports franchise that plays just a few blocks over in that big old football stadium. We're not going to talk about them. We're talking about the Reds, who make us happy, as opposed to the other guys. Before we get to all of the action that I have planned today, we're talking about Matt Kemp, and then also looking at the roster after some folks have been sent down to the minor leagues. But before we get to that, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check us out on social media, at Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And also look us up on the website at LockedOnReds.com where we've got all kind of great content from our team of writers. Also make sure to remember that you can access the Locked On Reds podcast through your smart device's voice function. Once you get in the car, activate your smart device and say play podcast Locked On Reds. Don't even have to use your fingers for that. So let's get into it. Today... The main topic for the podcast, and it's something that I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks, I mean, he's had a really good spring, and it's something that has caused a bit of a stir within Red's country, and that is Matt Kemp. You know, he came over kind of as the contractual counterpart, if you will, to Homer Bailey in the trade with the Dodgers because the Dodgers were looking to offload luxury tax room and he was a big part of their payroll, big piece of it, $21 million in 2019. So that's kind of why a big reason why the Dodgers decided to make the trade. So when you first thought about it, you're like, well, he just came over and he's probably not going to do much. Well, what is it with Matt Kemp, the curious case of Matt Kemp, because we are already slotting him in as the fourth outfielder. Really, there's not a case that people are expecting him to be a starter. You don't see him as a starter for the right or the left field spot because you're thinking that's going to be Yasiel Puig in right field and Jesse Winker in left field. And then, of course, center field, it's not really his forte anymore. So he's probably coming off the bench, which now, mind you, that's not to say that he's not going to get significant at bats. Sure, he's not going to get starters at bats as the fourth outfielder, but he's still going to get a good amount. But I was asked the question on Twitter, and the main reason that I'm running with Matt Kemp as the main focus for today's episode from at 
Charlie Rose 896 he asked why is everyone in such a hurry to not play Matt Kemp what am I missing he's batting 301 against right-handers and 271 versus left-handers and hasn't hit under 19 home runs in a while I think he gives up more production he, he makes more production than both Jesse Winker and Scott Shebler. And and while I definitely agree with Scott Shebler, I think there's something to be said about Jesse Winker. Being that there's only one season of information on him, I really think that there's still more to know about Winker, and I think the upside of Jesse Winker eclipses the production that Matt Kemp may give you as an everyday player. The thing with him is he's balanced out. His... Batting statistics are pretty good. As Charlie Rose 896 mentioned, he hasn't hit less than 19 home runs in a while. And while that's a nice little number to have, in fact, he's had a couple of seasons in the recent past where he hit over 100 RBIs, what really sets him back is his defense and his base running. Both of those negatively affect his wins above replacement, and that's why you don't see a good number there. In fact, ever since his brand-new contract began, he hasn't had a war above 1.5, depending on where you look. Baseball reference has is not as kind as Fangraph's wins above replacement calculations are to Matt Kemp. So when you look at it, According to BaseballReference.com, in the last three years, his war has been exactly zero, which means that a replacement-level player is just as good as he is, and they're a lot cheaper than $21 million. So war really doesn't tell the whole story. When you're looking at Matt Kemp, and really his value to the team will be with his bat. I don't think they're going to count on his defense, and they don't need to worry about his base running because I believe they're taking that new age method of on base and you know using hits to get people over. I don't think they're going to worry so much about stolen bases and things like that. So the base running doesn't really hurt him that much in a Reds uniform. But the thing that I look at with Matt Kemp, his offensive output has been very high over the last, you know, pretty much his entire career. When you look at the counting statistics for Matt Kemp, over the last, eh, let's say, three years, he has a total of 100, let's see, counting that all up, it's about 240 RBI, it's, you know, give or take a few there. So that's a pretty nice little number. And when you dig deeper, last year specifically, he bat 353. He had a 353 batting average with runners in scoring position. Here's what I'm thinking when it comes to Matt Kemp. I don't think he's an everyday player, but I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I see him almost where you have guys that are your defensive substitutions late in games like Jose Iglesias. I think Matt Kemp is an offensive substitution. He's going to be a pinch hit extraordinaire slash fourth outfielder when a guy needs a day's rest. And I don't think that's such a bad thing. I think Matt Kemp 
is part of what makes this team so deep. They don't need to rely on him to be that everyday guy anymore. They can use him in spots where they feel like he best serves the team, and they can pick and choose. Because there's one thing that really stands out when it comes to an argument against playing Matt Kemp every day, and that's his strikeout-to-walk ratio. Over the last four years, it's been pretty close to one walk for every four strikeouts. So the more bats you give him, the more chances that he's just going to whiff and strike out than he is going to be on base and cause damage against the opposing team and maybe get a run or two for the Reds. So I think you bring him in in scenarios where you've got runners on base, runners in scoring position, and you use him late in games in high leverage situations, and I think he's going to be fine with that, and I think the Reds will benefit from that too. So I don't necessarily see him as someone that I would start over Jesse Winker or Yasiel Puig, but I don't necessarily think that that means he has no value to the Reds. We're going to talk more about the Reds roster when we come back from the break. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. We're back at it here on the Locked On Reds podcast on this Wednesday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. In the first half of the show, I talked about Matt Kemp and where he fits into the team. Now I kind of want to look at the team as a whole, as the Reds have made some roster moves over the last couple of days, reassigning a bunch of players to minor league camp, effectively ending their candidacy to make the opening day roster. Now that's not to say that they're telling them that they won't eventually be in the major leagues this season this is just saying hey for spring training purposes we're removing you guys from the runnings to make the opening day roster and there's quite a few names i'm not going to read all of them i'll just note some uh you know notable names like jimmy hergett jose siri Kerry maya aristides aquino tj friedel and then tony santion as well and then tyler stevenson all of those guys were sent to minor league camp, and you also have, you know, the guys that probably aren't really considered in the runnings to make the major league roster. Now, one guy who possibly had a shot, but obviously still has some options to work with, Jackson Stevens, was assigned to minor league camp. And then also a, a guy who, you know, we've mentioned many a times, whether it be through interview or what have you, has a bright future with the Reds, but Taylor Trammell was assigned to minor league camp. And, you know, that's okay. So that now leaves 45 major league players in spring training for the Reds, 25 of which are pitchers. So they're still trying to round out the pitching staff, you know, mostly the bullpen because obviously David Bell has already announced the rotation for this season. But some of the guys who still are in the runnings to make that major league bullpen. Now, I don't know how seriously they're being considered for the bullpen spot, but they have survived the first two rounds of cuts are Anthony Bass, Matt Bowman, uh, Vladimir Gutierrez. You also have Jesus Reyes. You've got Lucas Sims, Robert Stevenson, Matt Whistler, Buddy Boschers, Brandon Finnegan, Ian Kroll, Wandy Peralta, 
and Cody Reed. Now, some of those guys like Cody Reed and Wandy Peralta are still on the fringe and somebody that I would consider in the running to make the Major League roster, but some guys on there that I just had no idea were even being considered were Anthony Bass, Matt Bowman, and Ian Kroll. Ian Kroll was one of those guys. He was a free agent acquisition over the offseason a minor league signing with an invite to spring training, one of those innocuous signings that don't make headlines, but, you know, maybe he's got a shot to make an impact for the Reds this season. Do I think he makes the opening day bullpen? No, but he has had a nice spring and really turned some heads in Goodyear, Arizona. As far as the position players are concerned, the players that remain on the roster, you know, you've got your typical everyday guys in Tucker Barnhart and Kurt Casale as far as the catchers go. You still have Kyle Farmer, Connor Joe, and then also Juan Gratterall remain in Major League camp. And then on the infield side, we've still got Alex Blandino on the Major League roster still listed. I think he's still on the disabled list at the moment. He's not playing, so I believe he starts the year on the disabled list on the Major League side which is big for him because that means he draws a major league check as opposed to a minor league check. Christian Colon also remains on the major league roster as well as Blake Traha or Blake Truha. I, I'm still trying to figure out how to pronounce his name. It's different. And then you've got on the outfield, obviously Philip Irvin is still in the majors and our good friend Nixon Zell, he continues to not be sent to the minor league side and with each passing day you're starting to get equal amounts of hope and worry that they will send him down because I mean obviously we're not going to know until they announce the opening day roster whether or not the Reds have listened to our pleas and decide to leave him on the opening day roster and make him the everyday center fielder from the word go but as of right now he's still in the majors so there's still a couple of more cuts to be made. Obviously, they're at 45. They got to cut down to 25. So there's still 20 names on that list that are going to come off. And really, when it comes down to it, the the players that have been sent down and the players that are still in camp, what this all means is they've seen some good things from the guys remaining. Like I mentioned, some of the pitchers that – you didn't really see like Anthony Bass has garnered a lot of praise, especially on the radio broadcasts. Whenever he comes up, I heard Tommy Thrall kind of gushing about the spring that he has had. And then also Matt Bowman has garnered some praise as well. And Ian Crawl, like I kind of mentioned, and Juan Gratterall has looked pretty good. The thing with him, um, I was reading something that Doug Gray had written at RedsMinorLeagues.com about Juan Gratterall. That's that he's never played more than 80 games in a season in the minors at all. Like, he's never played more than 80 games. He's always had some sort of health issue that has come up and kind of bit him and kept him from finishing the season off. So that'll be interesting to watch him in the minor leagues and see that because when it comes to the pecking order at catcher, I don't know that he's jumped anybody. The interesting thing with the guys still on the major league roster, of course, Connor Joe was the rule five pick from the Dodgers. So if he does not make the opening day roster, the Reds must first offer him back to the Dodgers in a trade and We'll see how that goes from there, but I just don't see any sort of scenario in which he does make the opening day roster. 
because I almost think he's behind Kyle Farmer, let alone Kirk Casale and definitely Tucker Barnhart. But all in all, we're starting to see that Major League rosters take shape for opening day. We are just 15 days away. One day over two weeks, folks, it's almost here. Make sure you get your tickets. I saw the tweet come out that on the 16th, they will have a limited amount of tickets at the Great American Ballpark ticket window. So get your tents ready and get ready to camp out for those tickets for those of you that don't have any. But it's going to be a great time at the ballpark come March 28th as there are so many festivities planned. You know, I kind of went over the guest list, the ceremonial first pitch and all of that good stuff. And Johnny Bench being on the parade float with Rob Manfred. It's just going to be a great day celebrating the 150th season of both the Reds and by virtue Major League Baseball. But more than that. As we have mentioned, there's just so much positivity and hope surrounding the Reds for the first time in, you know, really five years. So it's it's going to be a good day. And as the roster takes shape, we'll definitely keep monitoring that. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that Nick Senzel remains on the Major League roster. Anyway, that's going to do it for our Wednesday episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for downloading and listening. Make sure that you always remember, once you get into your car, to use your smart device and its voice activation function to access the Locked On Reds podcast. Hands-free way to get it, and you don't have to worry about messing with your phone at a stoplight or anything like that. Also, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnReds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And go to our website at LockedOnReds.com and check out all the content from our great team of writers. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow for Throwback Thursday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.